Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we have a really interesting, uh, obscure uh, video game for you today, but the music yes. is going to be fantastic. As you can probably tell, this is Super Nintendo sounds, or Super Famicom, mm-hmm. we should say, but the game is called Tengai Makio Zero. I am so excited for this. I will say that on the docket uh, for this season, all I really had for this week was an SNES spotlight, because I know there were so many great soundtracks on the SNES that we haven't gotten to yet, and it's always just fodder for great music. And I thought it was going to be a more popular, well-known game, um, but I was going through all of the SNES scores that we've touched on on the podcast, but not yet spotlit on. And this one came up, and I just couldn't resist. The music is outstanding. This is a very underrated score. It's really large and a lot of wonderful, well-composed music. There's three composers that worked on it. It was Toshiyuki Sasagawa, Kohei Tanaka, Ooh. who is one of our favorite composers on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he contributed a handful of pieces, as well as Aya Tanaka. And like Will mentioned at the top, this was a Japanese-only game. It's called Tengai Makio Zero, which came out for the Super Famicom. It's part of the Tengai Makio series, which is a series of RPGs that literally translates to the realm of demons outside heaven. So I don't know, Will, what, is, what does that make you think before we dive into this music? I think we're going to be in for some very imaginative and fun music. That's what I think. I think you're absolutely right. I'm so excited for Will to unveil this music to you and for all of you guys. I would say 95% of you listening have probably never heard this before, so I hope everyone's excited for some outstanding SNES music. What you guys heard playing in, that was called Zero's Theme, and that was one of the tracks composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa. I would say that Sasagawa was the primary composer on the score. Um, Probably about 90% of the tracks were composed by that gentleman. Um, And yeah, like I said before, it's an absolutely massive score, and I think it rivals some of the most beloved JRPGs on the system. And so really glad to be able to shine a light on this. Uh, Let's move on to the next piece we're going to play on our playlist. Uh, We're playing 20 pieces from this great score. This is one of the compositions by Kohei Tanaka. Uh, it's called the Overture, so I would imagine it is one of the main themes of the game. Let's take a listen to this from Tengai Makio Zero.
absolutely outstanding music. What a way to start the episode. This is Overture from Tengai Makio Zero. This one was composed by Kohei Tanaka, uh, composing some of the most important themes of the game, but kind of letting Sasagawa handle most of the load here. Uh, Tanaka will come back later on in the episode. There's one track in particular. I think we may have played it on a previous episode, but it's been a long time uh, that I'm really looking forward to. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, this is so beautiful, so cinematic, so exciting. I love the sort of secondary section where things slow down. Um, yeah, we have it's the beautiful. wonderful sort of pizzicato string accompaniment. Uh, it's really yep. beautiful, and like a lot of Tanaka's later, more symphonic video game and uh, film, television, anime work, mm-hmm. um, it, it tends to tell kind of a, a story and. Um, it's music that is very filmic. It's not just cinematic because it's big and epic, but because, you know, it's not just music that's made to one specific grid. Tempos change and the music is reactive and responsive and um, has very fluid and 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 develop. One of the many things uh, musically that makes it fluid is writing in different scales, different keys, different modes, uh, something you hear a lot in film music. It's just one thing to make the music feel very exciting and just when you think you know a piece of music it's just you know changing on a dime which is what this I thought it was interesting does. I thought it was interesting that this overture has sort of a Spanish flair to it mm-hmm. it seems like it's intentionally exploiting certain ornamental cliches in the use of harmony Spanish too music. I would say right yeah absolutely um, yeah I think that's interesting there there are there are some tracks we're gonna hear today that I would say have more of a traditional Japanese sound there are some tracks that go for more American pastiches and then there's something like this so yeah it's it's actually quite a diverse yeah, it score. almost reminds me a little bit of James Horner's score to uh, the first Zorro film you know with oh, nice. Antonio Banderas love that film that kind of like actually beautiful... me and Joe just recently rewatched that um, oh really a couple weeks ago yeah that's a fun that's a fun movie great score uh yeah so that's gonna set the tone for not this not just this episode but really playing the game that's the overture there let's keep going uh the next piece on our playlist i love this you have to have a peaceful village theme in a jrpg it's one of the (laughs) standard pieces of music early on in the game this is called peaceful village it's the first town that you uh, access in the game this was composed by sasagawa i think this is really beautiful and calming let's take a listen to peaceful village. So beautiful. You guys are listening to Peaceful Village. This is from the Super Famicom game Tengai 
Makio Zero, and this is a really great introduction to the style of composer Toshiyuki Sasagawa, and I'm so excited to shine a light on his work on the score. This is such a great melody. I really think he's a fantastic melodic crafter. Uh, his melodies are so simple and universal, and they really hit you the first time you listen to this. A lot of the tracks, listening to it for the first time, um, just like really hit me hard, and this was one of them. I just absolutely adore this. Yeah, it's interesting because there are so many iconic peaceful village themes in JRPG music that it really is an idiom uh, onto yep. itself. Um, yet there are certain characteristics of this particular piece of music that make it stand out from some of those. Uh, for instance, I some agree. of the chord changes here mm-hmm. borrow from a sort of jazz language that's a little bit more overt than yeah, maybe some of so the tasteful? other kinds of peaceful village music that we hear. Uh, yet there are certain elements in the melody, particularly landing on um, you know, the major seventh or landing on yeah. the ninth in some of the melodic leaps that have a very... Uh, that have a, a melodic quality that reminds me, I guess, of other JRPG music. And in this track, I feel like we are starting to hear some of that Japanese folk sound oh, that yeah. um, you were talking about before, but in a, in a more subtle way, not necessarily mm-hmm. overtly in terms of instrument choice or even um, overall mood and presentation of the melody, but just certain elements like the way that it closes. Yeah, da, ba, ba, ba. There's, there's right. a real economy of notes and a, a conciseness to the melody of of this piece i was really struck by the melody uh the nice flute melody and then the flute harmonies later on it's kind of funny how low they get for the range of i mean maybe you could consider that like a bass flute or something but later on the harmonies are really well done you know what this makes me think of actually is some of the music from the ds zeldas like spirit tracks or um phantom hourglass uh-huh. Uh, there's just certain qualities about the mixture of that flute sound, the overall mood, yet some of the more surprising chord changes remind me a little bit of the music too, for yeah. like spirit tracks or something. God, that's beautiful. Uh, so another thing that I've heard this series called in English is Far East of Eden. Um, but again, it was it's only a Japanese series. Now, I, now one of the reasons why some of these series that have to do with some like religious elements, uh, I think... I think I've seen other series like that before where that's maybe one of the reasons why they didn't bring it over to the West because maybe they thought it would be controversial or just a different taste. Uh, Because I know there's a lot of elements of this game talks about heaven and hell and different demons and stuff like that. So (laughs) I don't know if that was one of the reasons why it was never brought over here. But in any case, let's move on to the battle theme of this game. This is called Infernal Army Corps. It's again composed by Sasagawa. Let's take a listen.
really solid battle theme there. That's Infernal Army Corps. And yeah, what I like about this battle theme is it's actually quite long and there's a lot of different sections to it. it it's going to get a lot of mileage. And for a theme that you hear probably more than any other in the game, a battle theme, it's important for you not to get sick of it. And I really don't think you would get sick of it. Now, it's a little silly saying this because this is one of the tracks that I would say is maybe the most textbook JRPG, something that reminds us of a lot of other scores. Right. But one thing I did want to say, and we're going to hear it in some of the later tracks, is one of the elements of the score that really impressed me was I would call it the sound design or the SNES implementation. Uh, particularly later on, there's some absolutely masterful use of this hardware uh, to, to sound really advanced, really cutting edge. There's, there, even compositionally, there's some tracks later on that remind me of more modern video game music. So I think in a lot of ways, this was actually a score that was quite ahead of its time and quite inventive. But this is a particular piece that is just classic. Yeah, and I think one of the things that might be sort of fun and delightful on today's episode is, even if I'm sure many of you are not familiar with this game or you might not be familiar with the series, uh, you might be familiar with, I guess, the formula we might call it of JRPG music or just RPG yeah. music in general. And you know that you know you're going to get some music that will be battle music and peaceful villages, like we've yeah. we've talked about. <laughs> but one of the great sort of, I guess, genres or subsets of JRPG music are the really beautiful character themes. Oftentimes we are going to get those. For villains and there's themes for maybe a romantic character or heroic character or a comic character. And mm-hmm. so with that in mind, we're really excited to move on to our next track, which is called Hisui's Theme. Yeah, and Hisui, I believe I was looking it up, is one of the heroes, I think, in this game. Not the main we'll, we'll let the, character. We'll let the music yeah. uh, decide. Let's take <laughs> a listen to <laughs> Hisui's Theme. gorgeous and sensitive character theme here. This is Hisui's theme from Tengai Makio Zero. Another composition by Sasagawa. Most of the playlist will be that. Um, Yeah, the character themes are outstanding in this game, and this is a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a preview of some of the really impressive um, technical use of this sample hardware. I don't know, I think this sounds outstanding 
Well, and it definitely reminds me of the type of production that you would get in sort of a film ballad or song yeah. from this period of time, whether it's a, a Japanese film composer like Joe Hisaishi, if you picture Very any of the sort of the vocal anime versions. Very heavy on the anime vibes on this score, uh, too. But even, you know, something like Disney's Aladdin, the sort of chimey synthesizers has that 90s quality that I think yep. any of us that grew up in that period in time have a, a yeah, I guess soft spot and fondness for it. I know that Kohei Tanaka is this is the case and I, I can't speak because I don't know the other two composers background but I get the sense that these might be other media composers anime film composers and the best way I would describe the score is uncompromising it doesn't sound like they're limited at all it sounds like their imagination is running wild and and truly some of these pieces sound just flawless <laughs> yeah I mean this is a Another example of something that, like so much great Japanese video game music, has that writes that nice balance of a really simple, sweet, and heartfelt melody, yet with a chord progression that um, not necessarily that it surprises, but it hmm. really packs an emotional punch. One of my it favorite does. chords that it keeps returning to is that flat two major chord. Oh, it's so uh, in pretty. In several instances, and then there's so a mysterious. certain way that it progresses from flat two to five. That in classical music, they would call that the Neapolitan chord or the right. Neapolitan cadence. Um, and Super effective. That, that's something that it's just such an emotional shift because those two chords are a tritone apart. So they really feel like two separate worlds. And when you hear a progression like that, it has this, I think, really emotionally rich quality to it. There's a moment mm. like that um, in so many film themes. I mean, I can think of like, uh, that's maybe my favorite moment in Michael Giacchino's Star Trek theme. Oh, the sure. Yum, yep. bum, bum, where yeah. it kind of goes from, if you imagine, I like to think of everything as being in C just because I think it's easy to describe. But if you think of going from like D flat major to G major, um, that's the sort of sound we're talking about. But Super it, it's, cool sound. It was used in a lot of... Um, Japanese film music and even songwriting, I think, especially back in the 90s, it yeah. seemed to be kind of a popular, really dramatic, uh, cinematic type of chord move that um, I think it really fits well in this particular theme. Absolutely. Well, we have two more character themes back to back here. This is Higan's theme. And uh, I was looking it up and I believe that Higan is the main character, the main hero, the protagonist of this game. So let's take a listen to Higan's theme composed by Tashiyuki Sasagawa. Thank you. 
really nice character theme. This is Higan's theme from TMZ. <laughs> Shorten it up. Um, yeah, this could actually be co-credited to Kohei Tanaka because there's some uh, Kohei Tanaka material in here, some elements we've heard in the overture. Um, but really, Sasagawa is making it his own here, too. This is definitely a, a heroic character. You can tell just based on this music. Very exciting, with a lot of emotion. Um, and this is a character that must have a lot of emotion on display because there's another theme of this character that we're going to move to pretty soon um, that is, is, is specifically like a sadness theme for this character. Sure. Uh, so yeah, a lot of emotion in the score. Yeah, this is really pretty, but also has that delightful juxtaposition where there's almost a comic quality to the arrangement mm. and the rhythmic presentation that suggests sort of a happy-go-lucky or carefree attitude, yeah. yet there really is the heart of a hero underneath. The chord progression and the melody feels very um, like fate and destiny. Yep. Yeah, da, da, da. This could be presented All I those think, good in a much RPG more emotions. melodramatic <laughs> sense but i really like how it's presented here is a little bit plucky and innocent and sort of uh carefree i guess it, mm. it feels to me but i like that juxtaposition of uh, melody and chord progression sort of the the skeleton of the song has a lot more emotional weight and yeah. heaviness to it but it's presented here with a lot of lightness and almost a dancey quality well, let's move on to another slight character theme. This one has a little bit of classical influence, if I remember correctly. Uh, this is called Goodbye to Subaru. And Subaru is a character we're going to get their actual theme later. But uh, it's a fairy, a fire fairy, technically, is what I looked up. So let's take a listen to Goodbye to Subaru. guys listening to goodbye to subaru a gorgeous piece of music and absolutely masterful implementation on the super famicom it's not often that you get really nice doubling on this system two instruments playing the melody they both sound really good that piano that ambient piano sounds awesome and there's that solo instrument that kind of feels like it might be trying to be this kind of like electric violin or, or something like that it's just really pretty sounds pretty composition yeah, I, I think one of the reasons why this sounds, um, I, I think maybe um, just at 
at the very least different and kind of at best maybe a few steps ahead of some other Super Famicom soundtracks of the era is that it seems to be utilizing samples that are, are a little bit less common. It's not the sort of stock Yeah, Nintendo these are custom samples sound. for sure. Um, and so I think that gives it a little bit of its own character. But it also sounds like things like attack, portamento, and articulation have been yeah. um, really intricately massaged. And panning uh, and to, volume. Yeah, to adjust the whatever sounds they're starting with and have a, a slight more nuanced quality to it. And then the balance yeah. of the kind of SNES reverb and just the arrangement here is all really nice and tasteful. There's a, there's a lot of Super Nintendo sound tracks that go for this orchestral sound often yeah. i think for bombast or maybe a regal quality of the strings but right. what i always find is any soundtrack that kohei tanaka works on it just seems inevitable that it's going to be a little bit more kind of nose to the grindstone accurate when it comes right. to uh symphonic quality the arrangement here the 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 lines the counterpoint the melodies really do suit themselves to a symphonic presentation. Yeah. Um, and maybe not as one-to-one as a composer like Sugiyama for like the Dragon Quest series, but it's a different mm-hmm. kind of music that we have going on here. And it definitely sounds filmic for sure. And I agree with something you said earlier, Carl, that it feels almost uncompromised, that they're writing yeah. the kind of music they would write uh, regardless of medium, which is, I think, something that's so really appealing about this particular genre of video games is that they are character specific and they're about story. And so you can have music that isn't simply about, um, you know, feeling heroic and empowerment and kind right. of abnegation that it's, it's more subtle and about specific characters and specific moments in the story. Yeah. And it is interesting looking at this playlist. A lot of the music that made the cut happened to be really soft, sensitive, I guess, sad character themes. There's a lot more diversity to the score. Um, and we're going to get to some of that. Uh, this is a nice way to change things up. This is a really cute track with a lot of humor. It's called Wonderful Streets, also known as Whistling Along from Tengai Makio Zero. <laughs> That's just adorable and makes me smile like a big fool. This is Wonderful Streets composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa. It's so happy. Maybe the best implementation of whistle on the SNES that I've heard. Really well done. It actually sounds like someone's whistling and they got the vibrato just right. Um, Kind of Tin Pan Alley vibes in this one. Uh, Winking at you, having a lot of fun. This is 
This is a blast. Yeah, absolutely. I love it has an old-fashioned songwriting quality just because the melody is so pentatonic. You mentioned Tin yeah. Pan Alley, but this even gives me just like a carefree, sunshiny... I don't know, 60s kind of pop song quality to it. And then the implementation is just so charming. This almost seems like something that could fit in like a Donkey Kong Country game. It's one of the cutest tracks I've heard in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is a good example of why this is like a Yoshi game, even honestly. Yeah, is there's a lot of video game music tracks that are this vibe, a very cutesy, fun, kind of humorous thing right but the way that Sasagawa implements this and produces this track it just goes a little bit beyond uh the norm what you'd expect uh, just the level of detail that he puts into it uh, it's just really impressive. I think that's a really good point, Carl. And I think that's something that, um, I mean, it, it is, it's, it comes down to personal taste and opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. but I do think sometimes we play music on the podcast that feels like it's, it's meeting our expectations and that's about it. And sometimes we listen to music yeah. that maybe exceeds our expectations. And I think it's easier to exceed your expectations when it's an obscure game that you've never heard of before. But I also Could think be. there are, um, you know, whenever we come in to a genre that is sort of well-worn and we have familiar expectations. And especially when, you know, something like JRPGs where there are so many kind of behemoth games and series that we look up to and revere so much. Mm -hmm. um, I do think the standards are actually kind of high, even if it's a particular game that we may not be familiar with. And I'm always delighted when you can hear something like this. This doesn't sound like any other particular track that I've heard of in a JRPG, not just the implementation, Mm -hmm. but the composition. Um, Yet it does all work to build this um, slightly richer, more eclectic uh, kind of, I guess, sound universe for this game that each track uh, has the freedom to kind of go in directions and it's not entirely restrained into one style, one emotion, well, I, one genre. I'm really excited as we proceed on this episode and we start to hear a little bit more of the different sides of the score. I'm excited to share more of my thoughts on this uh, because I have a lot of them and I'm really excited. We're now going to move on to this week's track of the week. It is another sad piece of music, it is so beautiful, and the melody is so strong. Will, I'm excited for you to hear this. It's another theme related to the main character of Higan. This is called Higan's Sadness. Let's take a listen to this from Tengai Makio Zero. Thank you. 
that just stopped me in my tracks. You guys are listening to Higan's Sadness. I am so impressed by this piece of music from Sasagawa. It really reminds me of much more modern JRPG music, something you might hear in like an Octopath Traveler. I love how vibey it is while also having a fantastic and emotional melody to it. This is outstanding Super Nintendo music. So glad to shine a light on this. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Uh, the chord progression, I think, is uh, that and the melody are such central stars of this piece yep. of music. Yet Agreed. I think uh, this is also maybe the the shining example on today's episode of implementation and oh arrangement. Oh my god, right? It's really it's interesting. So and it, it, all of the instruments fall in this category with the exception of the piano. Of You can't quite place them. There's not... A real world analogs necessarily but it has this ethereal dreamlike quality to Very it anime. that i think really accompanies the music in an appropriate and sensitive way oh my god it just sounds technically better than almost any super nintendo score i've ever heard and the fact that nobody knows about this i think is incredibly sad one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is unearthing this stuff right. um, and bringing a little bit more attention to it because it really deserves it. Well, guys, let's just keep going because we got so much great music to get to today. Man. Okay, let's move on to the third town theme in this game. It's called City of Evil Souls. So good. You guys are listening to City of Evil Souls. There's so many implementation things that I want to call out. Uh, first of all, I mean, amazing kabasa sample. I mean, that kabasa, which is kind of this large shaker instrument that you can get really nice backbeat kind of attack with it. Really outstanding sampling there. Again, I love the effective doubling. Here we have acoustic guitar and flute. Uh, doubled together and again it's it's another case where it doesn't feel like we're limited with channels it feels like this is exactly the arrangement that this composer wanted and he got it I think that's a good point. Yeah, just delightful percussion samples all around. This one has yeah. a, a definite Japanese folk quality to the melody and some of the percussion samples, yet the overall instrumentation has sort of a charming, I don't know, bubblegum folk rock sound. I, I There's not, again, to speak of not having a real-world analog, there's not necessarily a real-world analog to this style and this genre um, outside of video games, but that's one of the wonderful things about chip music Music or early kind of 8-bit, 16-bit music is that I think it encourages imagination and it encourages sort of 
um, either a lack of awareness of specific genre or kind of an openness to incorporate various sounds and elements from different types of music uh, yeah. in one place because they're you can sort of get away with it in a way that oh, yeah. you couldn't if you were explicitly using real instruments. But yeah, this is really charming <laughs> so and by this. again does a great job of creating the world and the atmosphere of this game in, in this series, sort of setting it apart, um, but also standing out in a positive way from um, well, also, the other JRPGs. Well, also, just time music. and time again, uh, and and I think we're going to hear more striking examples as we, as we move on, but time and time again listening to the score the music just sounds like RPG music. It doesn't necessarily even sound like Super Nintendo RPG music. It's just really expressive and emotional. Um, and you can really hear the sense of imagination um, and creativity. I agree. Here. So let's move on um, to another character theme. This is finally more of a character theme of Subaru. This is Subaru's Smile. is just the best you guys are listening to subaru's smile such a charming piece of music outstanding arrangement again composed by toshiyuki sasagawa who is a name that everybody should know not a household name unfortunately i really need to look up more about this composer um i get the sense that this is a multimedia composer um but in any case this is outstanding music one thing i didn't mention before is this game came out in 1995 for the Super Famicom. So that's probably one reason why it reminds me a little bit more of the following generation of JRPG music, or even two generations. It sounds more like PS1, PS2 era compositions in a way. But yeah, this this is so good. This particular cue reminds me of Nobuo Uematsu, and it sounds like something out of I can Final hear that. Fantasy. Not just in terms of uh, presentation, um, but just that it's that it's that balance between something that feels classic and timeless, and then like mm-hmm. surprises you in really unexpected ways. Just particularly enough. as it develops. I mean, that opening section, how it sort of takes its time on that one chord, and yeah. yet the surprising pitches of the melody are all juxtaposed with that sort of stasis that's something that he definitely uematsu definitely explores on his um 16-bit uh 
Final Fantasy soundtracks, yet yeah. the way it sort of develops w- with its harmonic and chromatic adventures also reminds me of that that sense of daring and exploration and just uniqueness. Uh, yeah, I, I the, where it's kind of like part of it feels old fashioned and part of it feels like no one else would write a piece of music exactly in this way it's really unique and challenging in some ways but it Uh it's one of my favorite things about video game music is because it has to loop and because it has a functional purpose it all needs to find a way to literally function to return back to the start into kind of like a machine it needs to be able to work from one section to another so as adventurous as you want to be you know you know you have to find your way back to the origin isn't that beautiful That's one of my favorite things about classic video game music, the circular nature of it. Oh, man. And Subaru Smile is a great example of that. I'm having a blast today. Okay, guys, it's finally time to go back to another Kohei Tanaka composition. And we have, after this, we have two more. So uh, that's going to be a real treat. Uh, This is a character theme, and it's really interesting to hear this Tanaka character theme. Very uncompromising. Uh, This sounds a lot more like film music or anime music. It's, it's incredible. This is Tenjin's theme. This episode is a masterclass in Super Nintendo music. Absolutely outstanding implementation here. This is Tenjin's theme, composed by Kohei Tanaka, a masterful composer. And yeah, I mean, it's so clear to me that the process of of this track was composing it um, as he would for any other medium. And then somebody, I don't know who, had to painstakingly get this to happen uh, I imagine to approve the high standards of Kohei Tanaka and I can just imagine him smiling and signing off on this because it sounds really really good it's not easy to make ambient music on the right. Super Nintendo and especially it's not one of the strongest ambient music that's interesting and, <laughs> and genuinely uh, is delightful because of right? the sounds this is a piece that's not a rhythmic, but it doesn't abide by you know traditional groove and um, it doesn't have a beat 
or a pulse necessarily. And, I mean, here's the here's the thing. Yes, you could say uh, I'm, I'll be the first to admit it. The fidelity of these samples is poor, and you can hear the compression. You can hear that SNES glue over everything. But I would argue that you can still make out enough of the quality of these tones and the really interesting character that they all have. I think it's a very effective piece of music. Well, for and, a production and I point. think it's just the kind of expression that's created from how painstaking this has been implemented. The yeah. rubato quality, the push and pull. This is not easy, it. guys, to do. I this also stuff. just love his writing when the when the sort of theme proper sets in yeah. with the arpeggiated, almost left hand piano kind that of figuration. So gorgeous, but his writing there is really interesting the, mm-hmm. these spindly chromatic lines but mixed with these sort of parallel fourth um kind of counter melodies moving along with it that has yeah. a very japanese quality to it um yeah i love the chord progression i love the melody this might be my favorite track of the day just because it's so thoroughly unique and oh, sounds completely so distinct from other video game music you see why I was so excited, guys, to, to focus on this? I was just wowed. And let's keep uh, that going. Okay, we're going to move on to another Sasagawa composition. This is called Demon Machine. And I actually have the comments tab pulled up uh, on these <laughs> machine. files. Machine. I get it. Like a machine. <laughs> Demon And the machine. comment on this track says, Robot versus Cat. So take that as you guys want to take it. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Demon Machine, the most demonic <laughs> track so far of the day. Um, yeah, this is a very different side of the score. I did I did want to give a little shout out here. The developer of the game is Red Company, published by Hudson. I said before that it came out in '95. Man, this this is a bold piece of music. Will, what are your initial reactions to Demon Machine? Uh, I think it's great. It, it definitely has a very filmic quality to it, um, at least a more old school filmic quality. But it reminds me of, honestly, a lot of Kohei Tanaka's film and television 
music, which I think yeah. there's definitely a concerted effort to either emulate that, or it's possible that Sasagawa and Tanaka are just contemporaries and have or that some Tanaka was the director, the sound director on this project. Right. That's I also love too. how this piece of music starts. It reminds me of a particular cue from Laputa, Carl. I don't know if you remember that sequence mm. where they have that fight in the street, and there's this kind of romantic era waltz sort of start yeah. to it with the tuba and it has this nice lilt Hey, Will, to you it. know what's crazy? That's not the only time where in the score there's a piece that came up and I was like, oh my god, this reminds me of Laputa. There's a track oh, that cool. reminds me of one of the ending themes. If you remember, there's this kind of quirky yeah, swashbuckling, boom, like boom, Gaelic boom, boom, theme. There is a track in this score, if you want to listen to the whole thing, I don't remember which one it is, that is very similar to that. So I'm sure that was an influence for these people. Okay, let's move on to one of my absolute favorites this is the one i was talking about before this is again composed by kohei tanaka let's take a listen to an amazing piece the master of the flying ship such a treat to get music of this caliber <laughs> for a video game on the Super Famicom. This is the Master of the Flying Ship by the Master <laughs> Kohei Tanaka. Yeah, this is uh, expressive and beautiful and subtle and sometimes dissonant, sometimes gorgeous yeah. piece of music. Yeah, it's it Amazing. like some of my favorite film music. It rides that be- that line between beauty and enchantment, but also danger. Yes, um, there's moments that it almost feels polytonal. Like you have certain lines that are almost operating uh, outside of the key or in an- another key entirely. Yeah, there's tension. And there's also a lot the going way on. that yeah the piece develops with all of these unrelated. Um, there's a lot of unrelated chord movement in general. That mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Uh, yeah, it's really fascinating, and it, it, there, th- I definitely start to notice a difference between Tanaka's music, yep. and uh, Sasagawa's music. Tanaka's music seems to be maybe a bit more on the experimental side of things, yeah. and also just it has that really sincere filmic quality where the music develops and slows, and there's different sections to it. You know, if it's, for instance, on that Tenjin's theme, there is a melodic theme to it, but it isn't just kind of a 30 second loop 
of that harp idea. Right. It feels like the score to a film where you have the a, a moment where the music's more textural and then mm-hmm. that sort of motif or that melody comes in. Man, yeah, what I a masterful composer. And again, it's such a treat to get music of this, I guess, subtlety on the Super Nintendo. It's not the norm at all. God, that's good. Okay, let's move on to another Sasagawa piece. This is the second battle theme of the day. Um, the comment here is Kenshi Battle, whatever that means. This is Born with a Sword, Dead by a Sword. I just love video game music. <laughs> I know that should go without <laughs> saying, so I host this podcast, but I just love it. There's nothing else like it. I mean, we've talked today about the influence of film music on the score, influence of anime music, but it wouldn't be this way if they weren't writing this for a game. I mean, there's just something so special and fun about this combination of all these influences coming together. This is Born with a Sword, Dead by a Sword, the Kenshi battle theme so delightful yeah i totally agree with you carl about your video game music (laughs) comment that only in games would this happen uh and and that's for the best i think yeah but uh also something interesting a thought that i've had for several of sasagawa's more action-oriented cues i'm Mm -hmm. really reminded of hajime uh, Wakai, particularly oh, that's cool. the music for yeah. Star Fox 64. There's I could a certain hear that. harmonic quality and melodic quality to this music that reminds me point, of some Will. of his stuff for um, Star Fox 64. In some ways, I would say that it goes a little bit more, it goes a little bit beyond what Wakai was able to accomplish in some of those tracks, in a way, uh, which is doubly impressive because this is for. I guess I would say arguably worse hardware, audio hardware, than the 64. It actually wasn't that different, which is kind of a disappointing thing for the people working on the 64. But Yeah, I think the brass sounds are so similar to yeah. Star Fox 64, which is probably why I'm getting that yep. feeling a little bit. But no, but I totally I'm, Compositionally, agree there's some similarities, I feel, as well. All right. Well, let's move on to the last Kohei Tanaka track of the day. This is another character theme. Uh, This is called Memory Separation with Mizuki. Let's take a listen. Thank you. 
man, this is really well done. And another example of music that reminds me a lot more of modern score, uh, whether it's for a game or an anime, it does not remind me of typical Super Nintendo JRPG music. It's really impressive. This is Memory Separation with Mizuki. This is a character theme about Mizuki and Tenjin. Well, I think I it's because these sound like film cues, that they're not yeah. they are not complete pieces of music in the way that a lot of video game music is sort of background music with one consistent mood right. for, for the whole piece. Uh, a lot of Tanaka stuff tends Dynamic to develop. Dynamic score, yeah. It feels like it's scoring specific moment-to-moment things. I, I'm not sure if there are... I guess like quasi cutscenes. It's probably yeah. It's probably this. just a text-based cutscene where it's just two right. people talking, most likely. If I know anything about JRPGs, but it but works incredibly. It's well. incredibly effective, and it makes um, there's a there's a sophistication I think to this that <laughs> you you don't get with the other approach. As delightful as it is, simply yeah. just having a melody with accompaniment. There's something about when a piece can stretch and push and pull and feel textural and have dynamics that. Uh, yeah, there's really no substitute for. I agree. Let's move on to the last town theme of the day. This is the fourth town theme, apparently. It's called Takamagahara Village, and it is a very simple and sweet and emotional town theme, something that Sasagao is very gifted at making. Let's take a listen. Beautiful. You guys are listening to Takamagahara Village, composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa. And I did want to give one shout out. After the next track we're playing, the one after it is the only track that made today's playlist by Aya Tanaka. Now, I can't speak to how many other tracks were composed by Aya Tanaka, but at the very least, uh, that's what made our playlist. So I don't know if there was just a handful, um, but I'm glad at least one uh, made the cut. But yeah, this this is a beautiful town theme. Really I, good. I love the melody. So relaxing. The melody is really strong. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I love the melody. I think it's really pretty. I like the production, like all of it, and I like how mm-hmm. all of the town themes have a really different feel in mm-hmm. terms of style, like compositionally. Um, all the melodies are, are distinct, but particularly in terms of the 
the rhythmic aspects, or I guess like the groove, if you want to call it that, is is very distinct. The accompanimental figurations are different for each village theme, so they don't feel stock and they don't get monotonous. Hmm. And I imagine in the game, it it helps to make them feel like real, living, breathing places that each have sort of a different character or quality. Yeah, you know, well, I like that you brought that up. I think it's a it's a perfect balance. I think that there's enough rhythmically happening that's different and unique to each town theme, but I do think there is some glue that brings it all together. One thing that I actually did notice in all of these town themes that we're playing today is there is this acoustic guitar kind of on the beach Jack Johnson kind of rhythmic <laughs> pattern yeah. to it. Uh, sometimes it's in upbeats. Um, so that is something that is in all of these themes, but but there's plenty of uh, differences too. So yeah, it's it's a nice balance. For sure. Okay, guys, we're going to play another character theme, I believe. And this is another theme relating to Subaru. It says in the comments here, Subaru's theme three. Let's take a listen to Subaru's plea. Another outstanding piece of music, really one of my favorites. This is Subaru's Plea, a great composition, another really phenomenal implementation on the Super Nintendo. The brass, the solo brass instrument, the harp, everything just sounds so good. Better than, I would say, 95% of Super NES scores. I love this one. I think a big part of it has to do with expression, uh, the trying yes, to emulate articulation he, and those little moments of samples. pause. Uh, there's not a, a lot of rubato to this track, but there are certain moments where you feel a little bit, particularly at the end of a phrase, where things will stretch out a little bit more and they're not entirely metronomic, which it's a it, little details like that, I think, go a long way for making this feel like a performed score, something that you can almost picture like a virtual orchestra playing. Yeah, it, it's just, uh, I know I've said this a lot, I'm a broken record today, but it just is boggling my mind how expressive this score sounds. The music is, is obviously very expressive, but how they were able to produce it on the Super Nintendo, I I will definitely be utilizing some of these samples in the future for my, my own SNES music because, oh my God, what a treasure trove of They're just so unique. Sounds. They stand yeah. out from kind of, uh, and I think for a chip tune for a modern thing, not to go on a tangent, but it definitely, um, it, it makes it harder to place, which I think yeah. is nice. 
Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to play one piece by Aya Tanaka before we have our play out. Uh, This is called Faded Neon. And Will, I think you're going to get a kick out of this one. I enjoyed this. The comment for this is Music Shop 3. So let's keep that in mind. This is Faded Neon. That was a delight and a great second to last track of the day. Uh, That was composed by Aya Tanaka, and I'm a little sad that was the only one featured today. Um, But yeah, that's a great track, a nice little pastiche. It was cute that they tried to go for a saxophone sound, and I think they did a good job of conveying it. Will, what are your thoughts on Faded Neon? Yeah, I like it. It has sort of a Dick Tracy kind of quality to it. Like the saxophone has a swanky you know smoky bar quality to it yet there's also something quirky that makes me think of certain more humorous cues in a game like chrono trigger or even you know some of the uh the the types of music that we might not feature on an episode for like final fantasy 4 or 6 but the you know the other genre type pieces that are written for some of the bars or yeah various locations in the game I agree. Guys, this was such a fun time exploring the score to Tengai Makio Zero, and this is a series, and so I'm going to look into the other entries in this series because uh, Carlos was mentioning on our Discord that he knows that Kohei Tanaka uh, is involved in, I think, a lot of the other ones in the series, too. So I'm going to have to do some more digging, but what a great score. We're going to play you out with one of the ending themes. It's a really great way to send you guys on your way. It's The Two Mirrors, again, composed by Sasagawa. All right, Will, what are your parting thoughts on this score? I was really impressed and delighted. I mean, one of my favorite things about this podcast is just discovering music that isn't new by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but it's stuff that's maybe new to us. But it scratches that itch that, you know, I think if you grow up loving video game music, um, there's a certain there are qualities to it that you really appreciate certain characteristics in a melody and arrangement and yeah. some of these sounds and it's always so delightful to find music that you've never heard of that can scratch that same itch stuff totally that agree. if you had experienced when you were a kid it would be among some of your favorites oh That's, I mean I think always a... qual- and also quality wise this is up there with some of the best Super Nintendo JRPG scores it's just absolutely outstanding and I'm not going to say the other game that originally I were I was thinking of doing this week um, <laughs> much more popular games that this uh, you know kind of booted out but I do think that it blows a lot of that stuff out of the water mm-hmm. and I'm just really glad to shine a light on this lesser known score 
Um, yeah, that's really fun. We have some exciting things coming up. We have uh, something that the Mercado Bros are kind of preparing for that we can't really announce yet, but stay tuned in the coming weeks. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to make an announcement about that, something that we've been working on. Um, yes, we wanted to plug one more time the Mercado Network. You can head on over to MarcadoNet.com and check out all the podcasts on our network. Uh, the newest one that just launched is An Evening at the Roost, hosted by the Kelly Brothers. Uh, check that podcast out as well as all of the podcasts on our network. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to mention, um, Marty and I will be bringing back uh, Underscore. We're going yeah. to be working on some new stuff. And we were recently invited on one of our favorite podcasts, which is called The Legacy of John Williams, which mm, very has cool. interviews with uh, many musicians and people in the film industry who've worked with John Williams and spotlights on some of his scores. Yeah, we that's were recently really cool. uh, uh, on that podcast. I'm not sure if when it's going to be going up, probably not by the time of recording, okay. but that's something that we'll definitely Keep let everyone our posted. listeners yeah. know because we'll that be was a great conversation that. with... Um, really yeah, exciting really stuff fun. we got if you're a fan of film music we got you covered fan of video game music we more than got you covered if you're a fan of asian cinema we got you covered um and we'll see what what this podcast network can bring in the future all right guys i think that's about it we're going to play you out with the two mirrors thanks so much for joining us my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out